everybody! Late as always, but you can certainly count on us. Uh, it's the Yard Side. Thank you so much for watching. Seven-ish uh, on Monday night, as we always do here. Thank you so much for watching. Man, is there a lot to talk about, uh, but I'm incredibly excited about this show. we got a special guest with us tonight. Uh, we also have a lot to talk about. Not only things that happen in the news, but even uh, kind of in our own lives. Uh, had a little bit of excitement uh, today, as a matter of fact. So uh, uh, both uh, myself and the other individual involved will go into that in a little bit here uh, but we appreciate you watching the yard sign please remember you can uh, subscribe follow us like us on facebook youtube where we broadcast live periscope as well if you happen to be on twitter and then if you'd like to catch an audio version of the podcast you can do that on google apple and spotify podcasts and uh, again please not only subscribe but leave us a review it helps us uh, compete with all the other podcasts out there uh, and as always thank you so much for watching um we're going to change it up uh, a little bit only because, uh, again, we're always trying to work on improving the show. So let's go ahead and pull up uh, today's list of topics before we go over to the big table. Uh, again, lots to talk about. Biden and the DNC collusion happening. Are they trying to push Bernie out? Uh, it's uh, kind of obvious at this point, but we'll uh, obviously pick that apart. And according, uh, in addition to other issues that may be facing the Biden campaign as we come down the home stretch in the Dem primary uh, and Biden's uh, what is now seeming like inevitability is being the DNC's uh, nominee for the presidency. Uh, Warren endorsement. She, of course, dropped out uh, uh, last week, uh, but has failed uh, or refused to give an endorsement in the presidential campaign, although has Obama given his endorsement. Uh, if you haven't seen the ads yet, uh, they are definitely out there. And then we'll talk a little bit about the health issues concerning uh, the two Democratic candidates. Uh, again, very public knowledge. And I, I think uh, fair game. You know, it's certainly something that should be of concern uh, because the uh, those issues are also going to lead into uh, and and weigh heavily on who these individuals choose as their running mate, uh, being that we're down to the final two, three, if you, uh, like me, like to count Tulsi Gabbard, which I always like to count Tulsi Gabbard. But. Two men <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, let's bring it back up. Here we go. Coronavirus, COVID-19, uh, just continuing to do all kinds of damage around the world and uh, hitting us hard here now in the United States, not only uh, health-wise, but even economically. We'll pick that apart. Uh, affordable housing, or is it housing affordability? We'll pick that apart here in Tampa Bay. Big issue uh, and regarding that, and uh, you know, are our local leaders kind of shooting themselves in the foot with uh, the following topic, which is impact fees uh, and uh, the school board uh, coming after more money. Uh, and apparently, this is uh, a common practice by our new superintendent. So we'll dive into that, and of course, the oil price war that started, uh, let's see, let's say overnight, uh, uh, and. Uh, also affecting our stock markets, uh, uh, affecting the global economy. Uh, at what point does this good thing for consumers end up being a bad thing for the global economy? Uh, and uh, hopefully I've given my team enough time to get the word out about tonight's show. So we're going to go ahead and turn up the mics here. Let's see. We've got one, two, and three. Let's go over to the big table. What's up, fellas? What's up? What's up? Let me see you, Mike. There we go. All right. So, uh, 
That lovable teddy bear, the familiar face, was done just about every episode. Is Anibal Cabrera? How are you, sir? I'm doing good. It's been it's been a good day. It's been a great day. Uh, it's been a great day. Yeah, we'll talk about it's that been in a, a minute. Huge day. Huge, huge, huge day. Um, traveling around the state, had a good times in Tallahassee, good yep. times in Miami, Orlando. Yeah, you're gonna have to tell us a little bit about that too. It's been it's been fun. It's been uh, it's been a good time. Been uh, visiting every county basically. From Tampa to Tallahassee, all the way down to the Keys, and for business and for work, and just having a good time with with friends and other YRs. But it's been good. Awesome. And uh, continuing, uh, going from left to right, our special guest for tonight is a really great friend of mine. Somebody very active in the community, uh, also serves in our Coast Guard. So thank you so much for your service, uh, Mr. Chambers. It is Chris Chambers joining us for the first time ever, and hopefully not the last time. <laughs> well, hopefully we won't scare you off tonight, uh, but uh, that picture behind you certainly might do it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'll be returning, but uh, I feel like the president is creeping, stalking me right now. But no, pr- appreciate you having me on. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just tell you that this so far, that that picture back there is maybe my be- my favorite moment of this uh, 2020 campaign cycle so far. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with it, is actually uh, President Trump impersonating uh, Mini Mike Bloomberg <laughs> at CPAC. And uh, that beautiful gentleman on the far end, uh, filling in for Mr. Jake Kaufman with all his beauty, is <laughs> is uh, Joe Simon. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good, man. I'll, I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can. I know. Those are, I know those are very sexy shoes to fill. Jake, we miss you, buddy. Um, back. But we appreciate you jumping in and I think, uh, joining I think us. You, you do a good job of filling in for the face. I would say so. I think so. Yeah, he does a good job. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, being my first time, I'm personally happy and pleased right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and Joe's starting off good. Okay. All well, right. Joe's got the beard. You know, Jake doesn't sport the beard. Jake's, Joe's got his killer beard going oh, no, on. Jake can't sport a beard. Well, that's yeah. why. That's, that's Sorry, very Jake. True. It gets yeah. really passionate. I definitely right. give you points on, fa- on fashion as well. So, oh. just, yeah. There we go. Thank you. And you as well. Oh, you're you going to make me well, blush. Sir. We just started already. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is the start of a beautiful relationship. I love it. All right. Beautiful well, friendship. Guys, thank you again uh, for, for joining us on the show. We're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, again, we uh, have uh, a lot to talk about. Uh, Joe Biden, and uh, now, uh, I mean, what seemed like in a flash, in a matter of a week, they managed to knock off, what was it, three, I think, of the candidates, yeah. uh, get them all to drop their campaigns and coalesce behind Joe Biden. Kamala Harris, uh, here towards the end of last week, came out and endorsed Biden. I mean, this is truly, if, if you haven't watched this before, this is truly the embodiment of the establishment and the machine at work. I think Hillary threatened to kill them. I think <laughs> allegedly. 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 Come on, that, that's a third war. Rail in, in <laughs> conversation. We fully don't believe in any ac- accusations that Hillary or her foundation have. Um, oh, of course, participated not. <laughs> in hearsay, and none of us believe in suicide. Okay, moving on. Well, I mean, again, so uh, to to that point, you know, do do we have a problem? Do you, would you, I mean? I think I I think because especially watching what happened during the Trump campaign for the first election. <clears throat> Uh, in in 2016, did I think the Republican grassroots would have lost their minds if the RNC had intervened the way that the DNC has and basically moved everybody to get behind uh, whoever they 
thought had the best chance to beat Trump in that situation just to push him out and protect the party. So I think this needs to be unpacked a little bit. Again, a month ago, we all thought Joe, like Papa Joe, was going to be gone. Yeah. He was frail. He was not speaking well. His sentences were not going well. He wasn't doing any rallies. He was only doing the the debates and at that time it was like okay so it's it's more like let's not hit him it's kid kid gloves kamal harris went after him um who was the latino not beto that was running in the race elena uh no the <laughs> the guy castor no oh, castro. castro castro yeah uh, he made comments also and so did a few other individuals that were running against joe biden and so people were more or less like okay let's not damage him that much and then especially with the whole impeachment thing that took him out significantly. So I don't think people were expecting him to be the person that would coalesce and and then he wins Virginia and the whole thing yep. turns around and yep. 72 hours the whole map changes. And it was it was fascinating to see that. However, I agree with Johnny. I think if this was on the Republican side, the world would be on the um, grassroots would be on fire. But right that now. is what happened against Trump. The RNC did try to take Trump out as best they could. They hated him. Fox was not behind him. They tried to take him out. Everybody was trying to take him out, but they couldn't. So eventually, they just had to accept him. I think some some similarities. I think. Am I the only one that no, feels no, that way? No, I think that's true. But I, I don't yes? think they thought Trump was uh, ever a contender from the beginning. Correct. And I think if you look back, true. the same thing with Biden. And then now you look. Yep. Uh, you know, nobody expected Trump to be where he is now. Nope. And the same thing with Biden, look where he is. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, everybody thought he was finished. So that is true. I think the electability is what's really pushing the Democrats to, to consult, to put all of their effort behind Joe Biden, which I think is going to be a disaster. And I think he has dementia. I don't it's, think he has dementia, but we were having this conversation <clears throat> earlier that you can definitely see that there is a is a deterioration of his mental stability yeah. when it comes to complete sentences, yeah. his his frame in uh, when he's on stage, it looks very frail. And it's almost like we're having the same conversation we had with Hillary and her health yes. that now we're having with Joe Biden. Like, well, and he has good days and bad days, just yeah. like pre uh, pre dementia, like early stage dementia. Yeah, because we, we all have loved ones that are that are older in age and we can see that deterioration. Yes. little by little and i think that's what we're seeing right now so yeah. I, I feel really bad that I we're too. having this conversation that it's not it's not him in his prime 13 years ago or, eight, or 20 years ago it's him as he starts to frail a little yeah. bit yeah what do you think chris well uh i'm not going to speak to his health but uh <laughs> he does confuse me sometimes but i think that most of uh uh joe biden's credibility just come back from the obama presidency mm -hmm. you know he's kind of on that coattail riding that wave and i think a lot of people are willing to kind of overlook that they maybe feel like he's the most credible because he's yes. been in that that vp spot mm -hmm. so he brings that credibility with it as well and it kind of can even every even other word out. out of his mouth is obama right yeah i mean all he does is reference his obama years he's been in government for 30 years maybe longer no much longer much longer much how longer. How, how long would you say well he's I'm, been in government i think he's probably been in government for as long as we've all been alive, honestly. Wow. So probably plus 30 years. I will give you that. Probably plus 30 years he's been in, in government. Again, he won 30 his, to 40 years. He, he, he won his first like state primary last like, two weeks so ago. So 30 <laughs> to 40 years he's been in government, and they're blaming everything on Trump for his three years, well, right? Yeah. Well, probably Ridiculous. Yeah, 30 to 40. He's, he became a city councilman in 1970. So Okay. Uh, 
Pretty so, uh, yeah, seven years, 30, 40. Yeah, 50 years then. So, yeah, so we 50 ha- years. So we have, He's been in government. So, we have Biden and the <laughs> DNC really rallying. And I think something that, that didn't happen on the Republican side um, four <clears throat> years ago was the, the how quickly it happened. It happened as like right before the primaries. It went against Sanders, and everyone went on board. Beto showed up in Texas. Uh, you had. Um, Pete Buttigieg pushing his, uh, his his support, and it was so surprising because I wasn't expecting it. They were so upset with each other during the during the debates. They were not nice at all, and so I was expecting that to be some kind of uh, lingering issues. But no, they're just trying to see if they can get a cabinet position with inside the White House. And I don't think any of them will become VP picks because it doesn't make any sense for um, Amy or Buddha or even even Beto. What about Hillary? Do you think she'll? No, I don't. I don't <laughs> think she'll. <laughs> Burn. I, I don't think at all. I they would make no sense. It, I mean, she would do it in a heartbeat because then you keep seeing the it. next heartbeat would be Joe Biden's last heartbeat. Yeah, so no, then no. she would become president. Oh. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think I don't think that's gonna. Happen. I would see a, a Kamala Harris. Kamala maybe. Harris. I'm, I'm hearing somebody recommended uh, Val Demings. Val uh, Demings. That's a good one. I, I think she'll be a, a strong. Well, and oftentimes you do find that the VP pick is not anyone that you would expect. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, more often than Just not. Just like Mike Pence, who saw that coming. I didn't see that no, coming. absolutely or when not. when Hillary but chose, uh, what was his name, uh, Tim? Kane. Tim Kane. Tim Kane. Yeah. yeah, I didn't see that coming. No, I mean, remember, Sarah Palin was virtually unknown until John McCain picked her. I oh, mean, Sarah. You know, it's, uh, it's one of these things. Look, honestly, like I, I could easily make the argument that without a Sarah Palin, there would be no President Donald Trump. Huh. And I why think, is that? I think if you al- think about yeah. that, there's the, the, the Sarah Palin trail leads to Donald Trump. It allowed for us to see that kind of that kind of off the cuff, real um, down to earth individual that wasn't polished, that wasn't from a political class family, and you really saw that within her. That got the the grassroots fired up too. Yeah. Correct. You know, because she was I mean, she really got everybody fired up around McCain. Um, you know, and then of course, you know, they didn't prepare her properly. They didn't train her properly. I don't think she quite knew what she was getting herself it was her into. Accent, let's face it. It's, uh, <laughs> it yeah. was the accent. And there were a lot of mistakes made, but it was, it was the hair bun. Like she, that, that was a lot of hair. Whereas McCain was the establishment guy, she really tapped into the grassroots and the Tea Party <laughs> movement and a lot of the people that today you could credit with creating a president, Donald Trump. And you know what? I think it's so interesting. You just mentioned McCain, right? <laughs> Think about the next guy that tried to get in, Romney. Right. And then now we have Trump. And now what do we think of McCain? And what do we think of Romney? Now I look back and I go, thank God they didn't get in. Thank God. Thank God we did have Obama. And thank God we now have Trump. We needed to have, again, the pendulum had to swing a certain direction for us to get what we have. Yes, And what we think we're going to get after his next four years will be something completely different. I mean, Paul Ryan was the running mate, I believe, for for Ron Paul. Or not Ron Paul. Romney. For Romney. Romney. So, like, that tells you where it kind of comes out of nowhere. I wouldn't be surprised. It's going to be someone in government. (laughs) It's not going to be. Who was the lady that ran for governor in Georgia? Amy. Oh, Stacey Abrams. Stacey, Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Yep. I don't think it's going to be her. I think no. she doesn't have any kind of legitimacy just because Biden already has the South. He already has the South locked yep. in when it comes to his primary. He needs someone that's going to lock in probably the Northeast or maybe the the manufacturing uh, Appalachias. So I think that's what's going to happen. But I'm really excited to see what, what Bernie Sanders is going to do now. He got um, Jesse Jackson 
endorsement yes. today, which I that thought was, was very I, interesting. I did not see that coming. So interesting. So the, I happened to have read the um, the autobiography for Bernie Sanders years ago, and there's a situation that happened in like 1984 when Bernie Sanders was trying to take over the Vermont Democratic Party, where Jesse Jackson is there doing the whole Rainbow Coalition and everything else, and Bernie Sanders gets up on stage, makes a whole pitch about uh, taking back the Democratic Party in Virginia, or not Virginia, in Vermont, goes back down um, to the audience, and then he gets slapped in the face. <laughs> by, by a really? Democrat. Yes. Is that on video? I don't. I don't think there was uh, video. By yeah, but man. he says it in his autobiography, and I'm like, That's I'm like, oh my gosh! That so if amazing. you think things are bad now, yeah. things were horrible back then, and that was in the Democratic wow. Party. So I think Bernie Sanders has a huge problem with um, upper middle class suburban um, white people, and I think that's going to be here we go. <laughs> here we go. What else am I supposed to say? <laughs> it's upper upper middle class. White suburban educated people. Why well, gotta bring color into I, it? I'm sorry. It's it, it happens, <laughs> and I think that's what Bernie Sanders is having a problem with. That's a big problem that he's having. I don't think he's gonna be able to push through a majority when it comes to delegate yeah, count. I, I agree, and there's a there's a divide in the DNC right now. Yeah. I think uh, Bernie Sanders has pretty much anybody under 23. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all 12 yep. of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the that, Gen Zers, yeah, yeah. all Gen Zers, and a lot of millennials. <laughs> But, but he, I mean, he proposes these plans and these policies, yes. and I, I don't think they're thought through. And a lot of the younger people, like how he'd pay for them, yeah, how, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of younger people, they don't think through them. It's just instant gratification. They're free, yeah, free. That works. So let's let's go for it. So they haven't I learned think, that there's no such thing as free. Well, it's also yet, the generation right? that like freely took a. $50,000 loan to pay for college. You're absolutely right about so, that. So I wouldn't be surprised that they don't understand the concept. You're absolutely right about All that. All right, so uh, over here I have uh, been prepping a little clip. Uh, thanks again to Chris for Kylan. Wondering what you're doing over there. Uh, right? <laughs> you get so quiet. Well, you know, I let you guys do all the work and I just sit here and look pretty. <laughs> um, That's up for <laughs> Chris for Kylan, again, thank you, buddy, for uh, lining up some clips for us. And uh, this is going to be one of them uh, where apparently Obiden, uh, wait, oh, Biden, uh, which I think actually he did say himself, uh, but a Biden, uh, Joe Biden uh, apparently forgets who Barack Obama is. Uh, so let's go ahead and cut to that clip real quick. They invaded another country and annexed a significant portion of it called Crimea. He's saying that it was President, my boss, it was his fault. All right, so uh, again, there we had uh, Joe Biden uh, at one of his campaign stops, and we've seen this time and time again. Again, he he literally called himself a Biden <laughs> at one point. <laughs> you know, that could be a slip of the tongue. You know, we give him credit for that. I make mistakes when I'm speaking sometimes, but yeah, the things that he's mistaking out, like uh, Super Thursday, I could have made that mistake. <laughs> Uh, but what was the other big one? What was the other? Oh, big that he's one? running for senate. Again. That he's running for senate again. That one, I was like, and he didn't correct himself. Didn't he get know? his wife and his sister mixed up? Yes, yes. he got his wife and oh. sister mixed up. You know, so, stuff like to that. His defense, oh. To his defense, they look alike. Well, they look alike because <laughs> they're white. His wife is a thug. If you would have seen that, so in that particular moment, while they're having the closeout of the rally, we should like, worked on that. Club. Two people get up and like try to like 
uh, protest. Yeah. Like vegans or something. Like, I don't know. Vegetarians. I don't know who was doing Aren't it. Aren't they on the same side? I don't know what's going on with them. But they, they storm the stage and one of them gets by and like does a protest. Someone tackles her. And then the second one like actually goes to Joe Biden and his <laughs> wife like straight up like body checks her. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. wow. So I don't know if she should be, All right. you know, uh, if he wins. Hey. If she's going to be that's... the first lady or head of the Secret Service. But, I, uh, mean, I, I mean, <laughs> that's a, that's a what, what's the phrase that all these kids use when it comes to no secretary of defense <laughs> what's the phrase the ride a ride or die chick oh yeah that's what it's called R- ride or die chick yeah wow i don't sound i don't think they use that in a while though you I, did not sound cool saying that by the way <laughs> you did not was, sound I was, cool in case was, you were wondering I was, enu- I was enunciating too many of the salados yeah. i'm gonna have to so, ask my daughter what is the new term these days yeah <laughs> sure we're behind the times I don't, I don't think that's the term but well and evil was, was trying to tell me that uh, unfortunately i kind of jumped topics here but um you know, it's uh, again. I think this all kind of runs together, right? Because we're talking about uh, the the Biden and uh, the DNC kind of candidate situation there. Um, but kind of going right into that, into the next uh, topic, which is Warren. So Elizabeth Warren, um, you know, basically Hillary 2.0. Um, you know, <laughs> she decides to drop out uh, last week, kind of pretty abruptly, I think. Normally, you can see the trajectory coming. Um, uh, and but obviously, Super Tuesday, not kind to her. Um, uh, but it seemed to me still, didn't it seem to you guys like it was still like a little bit unexpected that that she would just kind of all of a sudden just hang it up? No, not at all. She was, she is Sanders, she's um, Bernie Sanders, like, how can I say this? She's doing it on purpose to ruin his chances. I of have becoming heard president. this. I have, heard I truly that. think that, like, first of all, I lost the bet to Jake. Because my bet was that she was gonna, uh, she was gonna fall off the race after or on Super Tuesday, and she didn't. But then, like two days later, she drops out, which then ruins Jake's uh, saying that she's she's gonna be the nominee, which I think is ridiculous. And so she screws everyone over. So she's not making any friends whatsoever. She's not endorsing him or right. anyone else, which is basically an endorsement. Otherwise, she needs time. She she's a little hurt. She needs time to uh, heal. Uh, and then you know, hopefully she'll come out and do what's best for the DNC. She's gonna, she's gonna, she's not gonna support um, Bernie Sanders. She's gonna have to support Joe Biden. No. She literally stabbed <laughs> Bernie Sanders in the face <laughs> during one of the debates, calling her, a, calling him a liar that she, that she says that he said that women cannot be president. And that is a whole other topic. Well, and, and, well, and she did it, and it. she did it on television. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. it wasn't yeah. like in the, the camp. I mean, the campaign originally put that out, right? They leaked that to a bunch of media outlets, but then she went ahead in the debate and literally said it to his face, uh, catching him a bit off guard. But also, I mean, that's a really harsh accusation, especially when you're coming from the left. Um, you know, the other thing too here is is again, I think she's very egotistical, much like Hillary. Um, mm-hmm. I think didn't she remind you of Hillary, like same haircut, yeah. same style, really. Only she didn't wear the dumb <coughs> space suits or anything. I think she's she, what twenty right. years younger than Hillary, though. Although really? we did, I all, think so. Although we yeah. did get all the cheesy dancing. We did get all the. I didn't say anything bad about you. I didn't say it. Although we did get all the horrible dancing uh, <sighs> from Warren, which uh, I didn't like the way she talked either. 
No, it's. I mean, again, she's just. People are like, oh, we're, the country's not ready to elect a woman. No, we want to elect a woman that's likable and that also knows her stuff and, not and is just also because she's a woman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I no. mean, it, it's. It, but that's the problem is, is that the 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 feminist movement of today wants to give women these these positions, these roles, simply for being a woman. If a better um, woman had run, then they would have had a better shot. Absolutely. Well, they had a better round. I think they would have had a better shot is, at Trump. I think a better woman is running now. They would have had a better shot at Trump. I think. If I a could, better woman was running, yeah. they would have had a And shot. we've talked about this before. If the Democrats would have given us someone to vote for mm-hmm. and that wasn't crazy, mm-hmm. then yeah, I think I think a lot more Republicans would be more than willing to think about voting for someone else. Andrew Yang was someone. You mean that, somebody um, that didn't claim to be Native American when they clearly, obviously, <laughs> were not? That didn't know how to drink a beer in front of a camera? Uh, oh, was bad. Well, you know, and, and, and it was, I think it was a corona, honestly. Oh, really? I would love to see. Oh, we should we, look we back need to do at the that. research. We, we need to do research. Too, okay, too I'm making soon? a note. Too soon, too, too soon, soon, too soon. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think Elizabeth Warren was just, I don't, I don't ever think she had a chance. Just, just too progressive, and yeah, I'm surprised she lasted that long. But she, well, she did accomplish, uh, I'd say, uh, dooming Bernie Sanders. Yeah, she got 60, mm-hmm. was it? 60 delegates? Yeah. She has 57 delegates. 57. We're going to go over the delegate count. And, and I think bit. she played a part in uh, Mayor Bloomberg's... Uh, Demise as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, she took yeah. him out. Yeah. She, so, skyped, no, she, she skyped him. I mean, Skype? scalped. Scalped, scalped him. Scalped yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, uh, she well, was representing her tribe during that yeah. debate. Hillary, well, along- <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hillary was sitting at home like clapping. I brought that back. Well, and while everybody's <laughs> waiting <laughs> for... <laughs> While everybody's waiting for the Elizabeth Warren endorsement, uh, we all got the endorsement uh, announcement over the weekend that nobody wanted, which was Jesse Jackson endorsing uh, Bernie Sanders. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, is it even relevant these days? I mean, the surprise here is that Jesse's going anti-establishment, right? Um, that's obviously the big surprise. But does it even matter anymore? Does it does, does it carry any weight? And it is interesting. I'm not surprised against the establishment. That's that's what I'm shocked about. No, I'm not surprised at all that Jesse Jackson did something like that. No, at all. I'm not surprised. The well, he used is- to support Trump, right? I mean, they used to be buddies. You know, before Trump he started running for president. Trump has an NAACP like lifetime achievement award. So I mean, <laughs> let's uh, not have these Biden runs again. He'll probably get the endorsement next time. From, from I, the, I don't want to say that Jesse Jackson's endorsement is uh, purchasable, but I will say odds are some endowment was funded for that. That's all I'm going to say about that. I, I was surprised to see it, but that just shows the divide right now in the mm-hmm. DNC. So, well, I don't know how the African American community like views Jesse Jackson. Like in what light they hold him. He's no Martin Luther King Jr. Right? We know that absolutely. Uh, but I, I still don't know what kind of esteem he has in that community, and if it has weight, like Johnny's asking. That's that's why I'm curious. I have no mm-hmm. idea. Well, so, well, I we'll see. I, I think you know you have prevalent people like. Jesse Jackson, you have other prevalent people who've endorsed Joe Biden. So, right. Well, yeah, and then the other holdout so far, uh, thanks to Hector, who's, uh, you know, basically he's the, he's, he's the fifth man on the team. You know, he, yeah, he's our fifth. We'll uh, get him on the show one of these he's days. He's our fifth cast member, always hanging out in our <laughs> yep. comment he section. We appreciate him. All the time. Yeah, he does. He does. Well, and he made a good point is is that uh, will Al Sharpton come out of the woodwork, um, you know, and, I hope and not. endorse? No, he won't. He won't. <laughs> you don't on, think he will? He's on TV. Especially no. with Jesse coming out? No, no, no. He's on. Is he still on TV? Jesse, no, Al's not on TV anymore. 
I'll yeah. shop to he on TV. TV. Yes. He is? CNN. Is it CNN yeah. or MSNBC? No, I'm, I'm not sure. He I, was on MSNBC. He is still he looks on. A, he's a, he looks a wow. lot different. Oh, he's super skinny. Well, he's been super skinny Cocaine for years. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. You think he oh does cocaine? I mean, I'm not, I just I'm love not, watching. I'm not saying. Come on, come on, I'm just saying it's, a, it's a very uh, interesting drug. I just love watching I'm him, like, love his does. words. <laughs> and, like, it's <laughs> almost <laughs> like he's juggling <laughs> for, like, a whole yeah. sentence. It's so much fun to watch. I anticipate he'll come out and endorse uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, he'll, you, you he'll really poke his that, head out. I think Al Sharpton will do Jesse. Okay. Yeah. I think he will. You think Biden? Biden. think he endorses Biden? Okay. I think they're so afraid of what Bernie Sanders will do. It's it's both sides. I think thirty. I think the Bernie Sanders coalition that he's building is not going to vote for Joe Biden. And this is again, and we've said this before. We're watching the civil war within the uh, the Democratic Party, mm -hmm. the establishment coalescing behind Joe Biden. We went through it as Republicans with Trump. We went through it, but we had but. We we let the process play through. Yes, it wasn't until like June or July, until Florida. I think it was after Florida that it didn't really coalesce until the end. Right, and so we allowed it to play out because even now, I mean, some of the biggest um, uh, individuals that were fighting each other at that time, like um, Ted Cruz and Trump, had a big deal. Yeah. New Gingrich were fighting each other. So like, and now they carry their water. But I think what's going to happen in this course is that. I think Joe Biden. I think Bernie Sanders is going to do what he did last time, and he's going to he's going to collapse. He he doesn't fight. He for as much as he talks about revolution and change, he doesn't. Fight Can you for imagine it. Trump and him debating oh, when when Biden can't even remember his wife's name, or that he's running for the presidency, not the Senate? Can you imagine him debating Trump on stage? I don't think Trump, when Trump's going at him. I don't think Trump is afraid at all for Joe Biden. For Joe Biden, I think he's he. He's he shows pity, honestly, seeing that they're allowing Joe Biden to fight and try to represent the Democrat Party in the feeble health that he's dealing with now. You're going to see pity out of Donald Trump. You're not going to see a war path. So it's going to be interesting to see it. Interesting. I mean, he'll play it right. However, it is. I mean, the man doesn't make mistakes. It's incredible. Well, OK, he does make mistakes. <laughs> I'll say it again. <laughs> the man does, doesn't make mistakes. The president has made incredible. mistakes in the past. I'll, I'll, I'll I haven't seen any. I have not seen any. <laughs> Name <laughs> one. Because, Name one. It's because you have the Kool-Aid that you're literally sipping right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On that note, uh, we got a clip here to share uh, because, again, as we all know, uh, my favorite candidate in 2020. Uh, <laughs> Aside from the president is uh, Tulsi Gabbard uh, that everybody seems to forget and the establishment has obviously pushed out power. and well they pushed her out and they won't yeah. even include her in the next debate so they changed the rules just so that she wouldn't be on the oh absolutely sense. well I mean, she's I got one delegate just two delegates oh, oh what's with you in the delegate numbers me. well here's a clip of uh, Kamala Harris uh, saying that there are no women in the race uh, here we go. I think that, that we all know, and this election cycle in particular, has also presented very legitimate questions about the challenges of women running for president of the United States. Why do you say that? Well, it's obvious. Just look at what's happened. Look at what's happened. There are no women currently in this race. And again, you got to love it, uh, you know, because early on, somebody showed me a picture of all the female presidential candidates, like in a room, and the sun is coming through the window, and they're all high fiving each other, and they're all like, you know, lovey dovey. And then, of course, Girl they power. they ended up destroying each other uh, throughout the campaign, and especially Kamala to uh, not come out and endorse uh, Joe Biden. 
uh, an establishment guy who has a terrible record if you go back far enough uh, when it comes to the black community. Um, and then uh, the fact that there's another woman of color still in the race that she refuses to acknowledge. And, and they continue to shoot themselves in the foot. It's going to be yeah. interesting to see how... Because, again, they're all vying for... Um, positions in the in the Joe Biden White House if he gets it. I think she was one of them that went that went hardest on Joe Biden talking about that she was the one of those girls that got redistricted when and when he was passing those laws the busing, the yeah, busing, busing. situation <laughs> and it was it was her that all, all that was happening to her and so she made it so personal and none of that landed and it, it damaged her and then she got knocked out and she I played the victim she played Victims the victim don't and win also the um Gabbard was the one that knocked out um Kamala Harris in the in one of the debates, and so I think that's why wow. she would never. I don't think she believes that she's still in the race. I think she really does think. So what about all that? You know, girls got to stick together stuff. What about that? Um, I'm not a female, so I have no idea how that <laughs> yeah. empowerment works, and I won't be when, one when to you're say. You're running anything. for president. All that's out there to win. Well, we're not seeing it here. That we know. Yeah, we're not seeing it. So the next. Uh, batch of elections are actually happening tomorrow, March 10th. Yep. We have Michigan, Washington, Missouri, Mississippi, Idaho, and North Dakota. At the moment, there I believe it's a little bit under 500 delegates that are going to go after tomorrow. I will say Bernie Sanders has already said that um, he's going after Michigan and Washington, which are the two uh, highest delegate count states. Whereas Bernie, whereas um, Biden is working with Missouri, Michigan, uh, Mississippi, uh, Iowa. Um, Idaho. So I think I don't know what happens if Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden sweeps another five states. Do you think that Bernie Sanders should step out or step down, or what do you think should happen? Bernie stepping out. He ain't gonna step <laughs> down step until out. it's over. Until he mathematically can't win it, he's. If he's he loses Michigan, he can't win yeah, it. Yeah, he's done. He's not. He's not getting Mississippi. I mean, Joe. I mean, Biden he's was... writing his next book. I don't think he actually plans <laughs> on getting elected. He's writing his next book so he can buy yet another house. How many houses? Do you have? He has like three, three houses right now. He's a millionaire. Notice he doesn't say uh, millionaires in his speeches anymore. He's like, he's the not saying we need to fight against billionaires. millionaires. No, we need to fight against billionaires. Now, once he becomes a billionaire, I don't think he's going to be uh, you know, harping on billionaires again. Our system is so good, so good <laughs> yes. to Democrat socialists that they can have millions. Right. And three homes. Well, yeah. in this economy, in this country, has never had more millionaires in its history than it does right now. And so what does that tell you about capitalism? You know, that it, it, it continues to rise people and allows for economic upward mobility. Is it perfect? No. Uh, is it hard to, you know, sometimes to break out of some of those economic cycles and, 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 and have that upward mobility? Absolutely. But the opportunity is there. Uh, especially now with the internet. I mean, we're seeing ways that it's never been easier to go out there, start your own business, make your own money, determine your own destiny uh, economically. And uh, and again, for these guys to come in here and want to basically destroy it all, uh, I think it would, would be just, I think it would be disastrous for the entire world. I mean, much less the United States. Uh, uh, so to kind of transition right into the next two topics, uh, we're going to get into a little bit of a health situation. As we were kind of alluding to, Joe Biden showing a lot of um, possible, you know, uh, mental health issues. Uh, of course, uh, very well known publicly that uh, Joe, um, Bernie Sanders has uh, some health issues. 
uh, you know, what what irks me about all of this, because I'd rather not talk about it, is the fact that uh, this became a major issue in 2008 when John McCain ran against uh, uh, Barack Obama because, again, people felt very strongly one way or another about Sarah Palin. And so the question became, what happens if John McCain dies? Um, because, of course, he'd had bouts with cancer. Obviously, we know now that he would have outlived his presidency. Um, but should there, uh, how heavily do you think it's going to weigh on people as to whether or not these guys are going to make it through the next four uh, years if they were to be elected president? And how much does that weigh on their, their choice for VP? I mean, both of them are up there in age. So what are the options? Yeah, 77, 78. I don't think yeah. Democrats care about that at all. I think they just want to get Trump knocked out of the office. That's all they care about. That's it. I, I agree. I agree that that the electability is what really is driving the Democratic Party at the moment to elect either a double bypass survivor or someone that's going that's potentially going through dementia. So which one is which? Exactly. So, <laughs> so I th- hard to tell at this point. At the, at the moment, it's hard to keep up. It's going to be weird. And so everyone, again, everyone was talking about this two months ago, yeah. a month ago, that Joe Biden was not the person that should take it and that we should just we should just let him mosey, find the exit somehow and move on. But now that he is the actual, um, he's soon to be the presumptive nominee, yeah. That's going to cause a lot of problems. I don't think they're going to survive the the rigorous race of campaigning for a presidential campaign. Yeah, because it ain't over yet. It hasn't even started. Yeah, I, this it is, hasn't even started. Yeah, I mean we're we're in March right now. We got a long way to go. He can't keep it up. Yeah, I don't think he will be able Biden to. or Biden or Bernie. Bernie is a little more sprite, even though well, he well, Bernie, had heart Bernie, surgery. Bernie just had a, <laughs> a heart, heart attack, heart yeah, surgery, like, like uh, about a month and a half ago or so. Okay. Yeah. 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 We'll see. Well, it's funny because it, it comes up so many times now. They're the party against old white men. <laughs> and yet, who are their two nominees right now? Two old white rich dudes. That essentially pushed out all the women, pushed yeah. out all well, the people Except color. for Tulsi. She's still in She's it. still in there. Yeah, I mean they've, they're choosing. They're willingly, obviously, choosing to ignore her. Um, and, you know, and well, I that's think the she, thing. You know, they just—it's an effective strategy. Just ignore them, right? And what's sad is that honestly, like, if they really wanted to go after the people who don't like this president, the Republicans, the independents who are willing to cross the aisle, who are willing to change parties um, in in an election like this, uh, she honestly, and 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 I've heard it from many many people, she was their best bet. Yeah, and, and, I, and I agree. I, I, I agree. I don't know if I'm being biased. I just like her because you know military background. And yeah. uh, if you hear a point, she's very you know uh, she knows what she's talking about. And, very well spoken. And, and in the middle, even keel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's hot. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we'll move on to our next. <laughs> I, I, I will agree. We're all thinking it. I'm. I am. I'm choosing my words wisely because my wife is in the room, and I will say this that. If you wanted us to be able to think about voting for someone else besides Donald Trump, I think she was a perfect case study. Mm-hmm. Young, female, articulate, uh, very well accomplished uh, in the military. She checked off so she many boxes. She checked off so many boxes. And that oh, yeah. is what what 
made a lot of Republicans and independents really think, hey, I could vote for her. I could see myself voting for her yeah. if I had the choice. And they're not giving us that choice when it comes to a Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden. So I think I think what we're going to see tomorrow is I wouldn't be surprised if Sanders pulls off a win in Michigan or in, in Washington. I think he needs to win both of those states tomorrow. Biden can win the other four. I mean, at the end of the day, that's probably less around 100 delegates on his side. But um, Bernie Sanders needs to pull out, pull out a win tomorrow. And if he doesn't, I don't think mathematically he has a path to uh, convention, which means that this might be over tomorrow. Well, wow. but, but that, that was going to be my question, uh, you know, to follow up what you just said. Does Bernie get out? I don't think he does. I think he's. I, I think he's going to be stubborn. He I think he's going to fight. I think he's. Follow. Yeah. No. He didn't do it last time. I mean, he, yes. he, he has, hung in there up until the last. His minute. followers are feel man, the burn. Are. He's only fighting yeah. today. Was the first time I've ever seen him actually take jabs against Joe Biden. The, this is the first time I've seen it happen. The last debate, he said that oh, Joe Biden's my friend, or Bernie, Joe Biden's my friend. We worked together a long time. Yeah. Then, wh- then right. why should I vote against him? If you're saying that he's a great guy and you guys work together, then I'm going to vote for Joe Biden because he's someone that's a little bit safer in the middle and and an a, actual Democrat and an actual Democrat. Correct. But and that's why Bernie Sanders has never been able to fight it. He he has never been able to push any of his positions to be able to push them into into law. I think he's only passed three bills or th- into law. He's only passed. He's passed nine bills and only three of them ever went into the law out of four, almost 40 years in government. That's, that's, that's a horrible. 50. Yeah, that's a horrible record. Yeah. Kind of legacy is that. And that's Garbage. the thing. I mean, honestly, I mean, Elizabeth Warren has actually more to show than than Bernie and I think maybe even Biden does. You know, I mean, aside from the VP stuff that he keeps taking credit for. But all right. Anyways, uh, we are kind of at the uh, midway point topic wise here uh, of the show. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching. Again, we are on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, we'd love to get this show in front of more people all across the country, especially as we get closer to the November elections. Uh, and then uh, also make sure you're subscribing to the audio version of the podcast on Google, uh, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you not only want to subscribe, but give, go ahead and give us a rating if you don't mind. It really helps us compete against all the other podcasts out there. Uh, pulling up uh, our topic list, coronavirus, housing affordability, impact fees, which is our local topic of the day. And then we'll kind of close it out uh, with uh, Anibal Zadik, who's going to pick apart the uh, oil war, the oil price war between uh, Russia and Saudi Arabia. But uh, I really feel that the oil price war, if you would have looked at your phone, should be moved up around Corona just because it it breaks that down. But I can do that. I can do that. Okay. So but let's go ahead and and start at least on the topic. So with the coronavirus uh, continuing to spread, Italy on complete lockdown, which is amazing to me that that you could even do that uh, this day and age. Um, And we're starting. Is it going to get continue to get worse before it gets better? Or are we kind of at peak right now? So the current case those that have the case of corona has shot well past 100,000 where we're getting closer to 110 120,000 bulk is still in china with 80,000 cases there but it's it's grown so much more in certain hot spots around the world uh, south korea with over 7,000 cases especially in also in italy and iran with france and germany rounding out that of 1,000 <coughs> plus what's happening in europe is a huge example of the ill preparedness that that country was able to put themselves and Iran by not even recognizing that that was 
with Iran, it's for some odd reason the same comment of like, oh, we don't have gays in Iran. Like that, the stupidity of that country. And their inability to to recognize when problems were happening to the point to where the the health minister is the, caught the disease. I think one of the other prime ministers like uh-huh. has died from the disease. And I wouldn't be surprised if Iran and China are lying. I know for a fact China is lying about its numbers. I don't believe for a moment. Yeah, that it's I agree under, with you 100. I, I don't believe at all. I think the death rate is much higher yeah. in China. The death rate in Iran is uh, currently 227. I think that's going to jump up significantly. I completely believe South Korea in Italy's numbers. I think they're not going to lie to us. I think they're telling us exactly what's happening there. And I, I do feel very worried about what's happening in Italy if they can if they can tamper it down. Because if it can do that in Italy, it's going to blow up everywhere else yeah, exactly. in Europe. Yep. The United States is still only at 565 um, confirmed cases. About 4,000 people are currently under observation and self-quarantined with a death rate in uh, the United States just updated to 26. So I think we were having this conversation earlier that how comfortable or how nonchalant are you when it comes to this virus? Yes. Uh, Well, I mean, me personally, obviously I don't want to get it. You know, I do consider it a more extreme version of the flu. I know it's not the flu. I get that. I'm just comparing it to that because it's flu-like symptoms, uh, flu-like severity. But I, I know it is a little bit more severe, right? Uh, me, I don't want to catch it, but I'm not going to panic at all about this. If I catch it, I catch it. I know three people right now that might actually have it because they're, <laughs> they're saying to self-quarantine right now. And the only place that can test you for it is the uh, CDC or the WHO one of those two organizations, right? And obviously they're saying don't come in to get tested because then you have a higher probability of catching it. So they're saying if you think you have it, just stay home and, you know, eat soup. (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 I think it's I think it's serious. It's an issue, but I think media has helped blow it out of proportion. I think yes. you know, if you just go back to basic hygiene, like washing your hands, uh, that that's one way to prevent getting it. And if you start feeling sick, stay mm-hmm. at home, self quarantine yourself. So True. I mean, I'm I'm taking precautions. I was just I was supposed to go on spring break this week. Take my family on a cruise. Where are you going to go? Oh, on a cruise? Yeah, yeah, on a cruise. You so, made the uh, right choice there, but now that is one thing I would not do right now. I would not take a cruise. Yes, yeah, that, that I wouldn't do right now. So uh, I'll, I'll be the, the smart one and, and stay home. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll. Did yeah. you get your money back? I'm working on that right now. Hopefully, <laughs> good luck. That, uh, yeah. I hope you get it. It's, yeah. uh, it's tough. Norwegian, so. Uh, who and that's I, expensive. I think oh, it's very expensive. Tell me about it. Oh, someone's a ro- floating high class. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> um, I will say this. I think the. I'm sorry. That was that was dorky of me. Um, We're used I, to it. <laughs> I will say this. Mm-hmm. I think the economic impact that's currently affecting the mm-hmm. markets is is more panic than anything else. And I think people need to understand that the stock market is not a clear reflection of when it comes to GDP in the United States. It's sure. more of like stock owners and stock brokers are really having a, a crazy time at the moment. Don't look at your 401ks. Look at it later. Don't take money out of the market. Just, just don't just chill don't panic sell yeah just chill yeah. it's gonna come back everything will be fine like it has every single time there's yeah. any sort of incident like this in the past and i think people forget how many people were diagnosed with swine flu i mean there was it was in the millions of people that were diagnosed and the, the death rate was very low i think that's what's happening now i will say this i have no idea that the coronavirus had a correlation with, with um 
toiletries. Like that is the thing that's right out gets, of supermarkets right now. And to- yeah, I actually went to Win Dixie the other day, uh, like on Sunday, and I was like. Is there toilet paper? I was like, I don't need any, but you know, maybe I should get some just in case. Because I'll tell you what, that's one thing I do not like to run out of. That is, you can never but, have too much toilet paper, people. But that's the crazy thing. I mean, Costco is literally sold out. I mean, pallets and and entire racks of stuff, and these people are buying things that don't make any sense because five hundred I mean, people are sick. That's it. Five hundred right. people are sick in the U.S. That's and it's it. like, okay, I kind of get right because <laughs> even going to Target last night, you could see that there's like, you know, just just. Uh, racks of Clorox bleach missing. I mean, a lot of hygiene products, cleaning products. I kind of get that, right? Because, you know, they're telling you, hey, now, you know, their workplaces now, they're saying you got to clean your workspace every day. You know, don't shake hands. Like, they're trying to take these preventative measures. A lot of people are working, more people working from home, which I think is going to be a great thing because that's going to push that, I think, as an idea, which which should have happened a long time ago. But I think something like this is going to make people realize that more people can work from home than uh, I think their their companies uh, have have realized and I think you're right but you're right I mean when it comes to certain household items I mean people are literally stocking up like it's the zombie apocalypse I mean they're 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 doomsday prepping with like food and toiletries and you know and 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 it makes me wonder you know again um actually let me just go ahead and go to this clip so I got a clip from uh Dr. Drew uh, who is a doctor, um, a very popular, obviously, you know, more so for relationships and dating advice, but uh, at the end of the day, still a doctor. And uh, he actually talks about and breaks down really well about uh, a more realistic perspective. Uh, you know, it's a point that actually Jake made uh, last week, which is in comparison of the flu, which we're still in a full-blown season of, uh, versus the coronavirus or COVID-19. Here we go. What I have a problem with is the panic and the fact that businesses are getting destroyed and people's lives are being upended, not by the virus, but by the panic. The panic must stop. And the press, they really somehow need to be held accountable because they are hurting people. So, again, Dr. Drew there just trying to bring some common sense into the equation. Certainly, you know, to Chris's point, uh, pointing out that the media has been responsible for some of the insanity. I mean, going to Walmart the other day, there was a woman that came in with a surgical mask and disappointed that she couldn't find more surgical masks. I mean, even though the media... And, you know, to their credit, has said that these masks don't do anything in regards to COVID-19. Um, and so, I mean, I mean, a great dry run, right, I guess, you know, for something more serious, you know, but are we kind of in agreement that the public and the media are overreacting here? I think the public is doing what it needs to do to feel safe. Uh, this is the reason why there's so much panic selling because people are afraid they're moving their money out of the stocks and they're moving it into to government debt into government bonds oh, and that's and that's causing the market to just go crazy right now i i don't i see it as again and this is what i have to tell people all the time because they're like oh we're gonna go into a recession we're going to recession last month we had 273,000 new jobs posted it was one of the best records that we had that was before the coronavirus stuff no really? that was last month that no, was, it was last month but it was it was of hiring <laughs> yes it yeah. was it was february the month of february and then they had to um they had to increase other months the last two other months eighty thousand plus so i think we're gonna see what this looks like next month yeah when it comes to job reports and what we're expecting but at the end of the day a lot of u.s manufacturing is still happening no factories are closing down we are seeing the economic ripples of like concerts and 
and South by Southwest got canceled um, or post- got canceled, I believe. In Austin, we're seeing a, a lot, lot of music of festivals, festivals are, yeah. are starting to cancel. Conference themselves. just got canceled for me for next yeah. week. I was supposed to go to Vegas. So that I think got shut I down. think the first thing we're going to see, and I will say this, like this might be another situation where we saw what happened after 9-11. What were the two big industries? Yeah, that exactly. Hit, which are um, airlines and uh, ho- hospitality and leisure. People didn't want to go. People wanted to be more secure. They didn't want to go traveling. They didn't want to go on vacation. They just wanted to stay in house. And I think that's what we're going to see that again. And it's going to be a little difficult to see that happen. But I think I was going to make that same comparison with 9-11. Yeah, I was going to make that same comparison. We didn't see it coming. We weren't prepared for it. We got hit hard, uh, did a lot of damage. And then we learned from it, right? So I, yeah. I do think that's one aspect. Yes, this is a complete overreaction right. by the media, I think but it might it. help prepare. I think us. it's going to be uh, the situation, especially being spring break. And so oh, huge losses. If, if you huge think losses. about that economic mm-hmm. impact, oh gosh, gotcha. uh, yeah. So well, Chris, not to pull back too much of the curtain on uh, you know your life outside the yard sign, but uh, I know you have actually been trained in emergency management. And what are what are kind of some <laughs> of the things that are unexpected or maybe different about how they're talking about handling this sort of situation versus uh, previous types of, let's say, emergencies? Well, I think with this situation, it's, it's, uh, it's unlike something we've ever seen. Uh, you see now we're scrambling with the test kits, uh, mm-hmm. and a large factor is uh, external influence, you know, people coming from other countries. So we're really kind of unsure how to handle it. On the flip side, I think Florida has done a, a, a great job mm-hmm. uh, of handling it, being transparent, uh, even, you know, holding cruise ships and other vessels uh, out at sea yep. until they can confirm uh, the people on board if they, if they have it or not. So I think uh, I would like to say Florida is actually leading. And I think the country, awesome. the country should be, you know, kind of modeling what Florida is doing in, in that regard. Well, that is good to hear because that's probably the first time I've ever heard those words uttered from somebody's mouth. Uh, <laughs> Especially not during election time, right? Especially not during election time. Yeah, so no, that's but great I, 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 like, I like what the governor is doing, being very transparent, uh, meeting awesome. with the yeah. cruise industries uh, and, and so forth. So I, I think Florida has a pretty good handle on it. Only time will tell, but from my right. perspective. Uh, and, yeah, and as long as other people are doing what they're, they're being responsible, they are, if they do feel sick, they stay home, if they're, they're washing down their, their workstations. And I think it's because we don't know enough information about incubation period. We don't know enough no. about what's going on. Some people can be a carrier and not mm-hmm. even know that they're sick up to 14 days. So there's a lot of things that are happening on that situation. Yeah. But I will say, as long as the community is doing what they're doing and nonprofits are doing what they need to get done. And get, you know, you even have some of the most interesting organizations doing their part to contribute and to curb the effects of coronavirus. Um, in Tampa, which is well known for their strip clubs and adult entertainment, uh, Deja Vu has officially announced <laughs> that they will be handing out 10,000 face masks for uh, patrons to oh make sure God. that they do not affect anyone in their jobs uh, or while they're going for the buffet. And they Let me all- tell you, those face masks are more effective <laughs> against... Those face masks are more effective against the strippers than they are against COVID-19. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Don't do will, the buffet, guys. Don't do it. And they will also, right. 
so, yeah. uh, <laughs> and they will also. I've heard though that Dollhouse has an amazing. Oh, buffet. you've heard? I've heard. I've never. You hear this? I have not participated in the Dollhouse uh, breakfast. Dollhouse. Or, where, where is that at? Um, I believe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, um, who'd you hear that from? It's on, it's on your Google history, oh, so you can. Just, <laughs> oh. So if I can't find masks in Walmart. I can just go to Dollhouse and get. I think, I think that's how it works. Deja Vu is. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's worth it. I don't think <laughs> Deja Vu is providing. 10, Might catch something far worse. And fifty thousand bottles of hand sanitizer. So if you can't find it at Walmart, you can find it at Deja Vu. Yeah, oh, pretty much. You'd catch something far worse than any of those places. Yeah, I doubt my wife would buy that. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, I'm going to the strip club to get a hand sanitizer and face mask. I'll see you in a bit. Walmart was empty. The Walmart was empty. At least now you know. And well, now you know. Did y'all hear that uh, Ted Cruz and Matt Gates self-quarantine themselves for the next couple weeks? They're... <sighs> Let me tell you something. Oh, I have really. a Hold huge on. problem with Matt Gates right now. Wait, so Cruz, the, the, the gas mask. I think that was awesome. That wasn't yes. even maybe, connected to anything. Maybe he no. felt like he was exposed to that guy and he did that to not infect anybody Well, those else. masks don't have to be connected to anything. Those big discs are what purifies the air yes. that I, he yes. inhales. It was yeah, what? such a phony yeah, this social media. It was media. hilarious. It was, it was hilarious, funny. But, it was funny. but something that's actually extremely serious. Was that before or after yeah. CPAC? And he got remember. a lot of flack for I it. Think was, it. Was that before or after? It was right after. It was before CPAC. It was before No, was it? I thought it was after. I thought it was right after. I thought it was right after, too. So if it was after, then regardless, <laughs> inadvertently or on purpose, he did not infect anybody else that he came into contact with while in session the purpose yeah, the, of you wearing the face mask is if you are symptomatic and you do feel sick so you're not spreading it around people that are healthy no, should that not face be mask wearing works both ways people that it are healthy should not be wasting and taking face masks away from he other wasn't people. healthy yeah but that's a military contact no okay so look this is what i really think ted cruz came into contact with somebody at cpac who apparently yep. allegedly has been uh has been diagnosed with with covid19 right yep um, Matt Gates, on the other hand, I think is basically hiding from the media after having made fun of the coronavirus by wearing a gas mask in the Senate. And I'm sorry, in the House chambers. Absolutely ridiculously over the top. Okay, mask. but it was yeah, funny. But it was a joke. Okay. And, I and I get it. Is he not allowed to funny. joke around? Not when 26 Americans have died. Okay, well, yeah. all right. You well, are okay, a state representative. Right. But people are dying from it. It was bad. It was Lots a bad. Lots of people are dying from the flu and stuff, and we make fun of that too. But you I get it. I get it. We should be sensitive, but I still. Thought it was, it was amusing. I thought it was funny. I thought it was amusing. We're Republicans. We can yeah. laugh about stuff. Anyways, with the continuation, the fallout economically when it comes to the the coronavirus, yeah. it is having um, ripple effects around the world on countries that were already teetering on the economic uh, recession uh, throughout Europe, Asia, and Latin America are caught, are finding themselves in positions. Um, reducing their GDP growth and continuing to see themselves fall under that. Uh, a good example for that was Germany was already 0.5% um, in the in the black. Japan was 0.9. They're definitely probably going to go into recession if they can't continue to uh, produce what they're producing and continue to isolate themselves. Whereas in the United States, it's not looking that this is going to cause that much of a G maybe half a point. Uh, half a percent in regards to GDP lot. break. It, it is a lot. I do, I do agree it is a lot. But last year we were at 2.9% uh, GDP growth. So I don't, 
I, it just depends on how quickly it gets resolved. Yeah. If we see that the cases are starting to diminish in the next week or two, two or, or in the next month, if there's some kind of clinical trials happening and we're in the middle of summer and things are starting to turn around, I think it'll be fine. I think the economy will come back up because uh, people like their money. And people don't <laughs> like getting taken out for that long of, of a time. So I think that will happen. I, I do see that I, more of a V uh, when it comes to the back to economic Ser- growth. Serious question. Do y'all think Corona beer is going to change their name? There's a poll out there that says 30% of the U.S. population <laughs> believes that the company of Corona has something to do with the virus Corona. <laughs> well, I don't believe that. I don't I'm, think any oh, sane person I'm a Hanukkah guy. I could care less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that same poll also says that 7% of Americans believe chocolate milk comes from um, uh, chocolate or comes from brown black cows. from brown cows. So, like, this is the reason why we don't believe in. Wait, then where does it come from if it doesn't? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We'll get. We'll talk after though. Yes, that's that's an off, <laughs> that's an offline conversation. It's completely unrelated. You know the, the economic impact of coronavirus. I was chatting with somebody about this several weeks ago. That even if coronavirus did not come to the U.S., which it has. I think a lot of people were, were overlooking that economic impact. Just it's certain things like your laptops, where yep. they come from. Mm-hmm. Supply know, chain. Yeah, supply chain. Yep. And uh, laptops, uh, the automobile industry. And nobody was thinking about that. And I think people are seeing that now. That is true. So it, it, it kind of brings up the topic, you know, should the U.S. increase its manufacturing of some of those uh Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think yes and no. I mean, I I love the fact that the manufacturing is overseas for one reason, only one reason, and that's that they're destroying their own environment, and we get to keep (laughs) our air nice and clean. They have to wear face masks already. Hey, they've been wearing face masks since... It's the same planet. Okay, yeah, it's the same planet, but I don't have to wear a face mask when I walk outside like they do in China. Tell me how you really feel. (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's one planet. It's affecting all of us. But on the other hand, the reason I dislike having those jobs over there is because because those are jobs that could be uh, going to Americans, We've right? We're the right ones now. paying for them to make it. We're the ones buying it back. Why not just make it here? Well, I do love that the pollution isn't released into our environment. That's the only reason. That's the only pro that I can see. <sighs> okay. I don't want to go. Same planet, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it is the same planet. Blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I think what's happening now is you're seeing what U.S. companies are going to tinker with their supply chains, making sure that they're not focused. This is this screws, this screws China. This screws China so yeah, much because yeah. now it's like you have all your eggs in one basket, and if that country goes to hell in a handbasket, ah, well, um, now t- you're having problems with getting yes. your because it's get it's not like these large pieces. It's these like small pieces that can be produced mass that can be produced in a mass scale that. They need to be their distributions and their manufacturing needs to be spread out around the world or brought back to the United States. Pharmaceuticals is a big one. There's a lot of a lot of pills and medicines that cannot be that are are starting to go in a how would I say in a rationed because it's taking longer for them to get those factories back yeah, open. And I mean, Puerto Rico was a huge place where for uh, pharmaceuticals and manufacturing there, and that is something that probably needs to go back to. Well, that. and but China is one of those countries that you were basically talking about when you were saying that. Uh, it's affecting countries that are teetering already. Yes. On, now, they aren't on the brink of going bankrupt by any means, but their GDP has oh, been slowing so way down. down for the past 10 years. Uh, the current GDP for China has been a lie the last 10 years. Well, yeah, <laughs> it truly exactly. has been a lie. And I will also say this. What will happen when their uh, borrowing bubble officially explodes will be uh, something for the history books when it comes Another to Another USSR type? I think, it'll be, think? I think it's 10. I, I say this. The China that we see today will not be the same China that we see in 10 years. Interesting. All right. Hmm. 
Well, actually, it's a good transition point uh, for our next topic. I'll pull up the list uh, because I did as was asked, and I moved to the oil price war up in the list. Uh, so, but some articles, some experts out there are saying that because of the coronavirus and the impact that that's having on the global economy, more specifically, oil usage. Um, and, and, and again, oil, when we talk about oil, it's more than just gasoline. I mean, oil goes into just about everything we consume in some form or another. Um, I drink it every day. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, now created an all-out price war between Russia and uh, OPEC. And so, of course, again, the the consumer wins in this situation in the short term. But uh, long term, I, I mean, are we going to see a pretty uh, horrible situation here develop out of this price war between OPEC and Russia, or do they figure it out? Currently, what has happened is you are watching a a he said, she said when it comes to what's happening between Russia and Saudi Arabia. OPEC, which is basically a cartel, is trying to dictate how to, they're trying to reduce oil production, which will stabilize the current, I think it's like 23 or $24 per um, barrel of oil, which is insanely low right now. So what happened is Russia was working with Venezuela to try to get oil out of their reserves and, and start putting it into tankers. The U.S. found out what was happening. They put sanction on it. And Saudi Arabia agreed with the sanctions uh, with a Russian com- oil company in Russia. Russia is now pissed off at Saudi Arabia for what happened. And it's causing this kind of they're not cutting um Ma- uh, not manufacturers, they're not cutting oil production in Russia or in Saudi Arabia, Arabia, which is causing oil prices to drop significantly. Yes, it is a boom for the consumer. Um, however, it is also a detriment to the economic output when it comes to how much more oil will be produced with these countries because what causes the oil to go down in prices now causes U.S. Um, oil refineries and oil plants and the independent oil um, to go down also, which is causing a lot of pain financially for U.S. Um, US oil. Uh, which makes me feel pretty good because I literally have to fill up my tank on the way home. I'm, I'm on E. So this is like perfect timing for me. I, I'm going to save at least $2. I mean, it's so low right now in some parts. Of the of the state, and even though in California it's probably still four dollars per gallon. Oh yeah, they don't let that fluctuate below four dollars. Thank you, OPEC. <laughs> now, Chris, uh, Chris, you have some relation to the energy sector, uh, you know. So, how is this kind of affecting all of that? And and is there an immediate impact that's felt when things like this break out, or does this sort of thing kind of take time before it really starts to affect uh, those of us again who consume it? Uh, through utilities, through you know gas stations, through even just the purchase of products. Yeah, I, th- I think you have an immediate impact, and that's going <clears> to <throat> determine where you are in the country, and then it's it's going to have a ripple effect o- over time. So it just kind of shows our dependency on you know the 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 foreign oil, and uh, you know go solar. <laughs> 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 but a lot of things that we do on a day to day basis are petroleum base right. uh, the airlines are going to be able to renegotiate their their contracts they're so making out numbers. like bandits yeah. oh yeah there's they so are, many yeah. people are going to be able to to benefit from this but again it can only last so well, long but here's the thing the united states is the world's number one oil exporter right, right. so 
you said uh, gas is now just 209. Well, I mean, before this happened, what was it, 250, 260? So, That's not even that big of a and we don't, dip. And we shouldn't look at it at gasoline prices. You should look at cost per barrel per, for oil. Okay. So at, at the beginning of the year, I think it was like in the th- high 30s, uh, TJ around 40, which... Saudi Arabia and other countries like it when it's around fifty uh, dollars. Remember gallon. when it was like a hundred? I remember, and they yeah, pushed it twelve hundred. Remember that? Ridiculous. I was like, when is it going to end? Yeah, I know oh, that was terrible. But and so what we're seeing now is again, they you have two big oil developing countries that want are basically fighting mm-hmm. each other for dominance and control of OPEC. And I I think Russia is doing nothing but a disservice to themselves and to their people. Almost like another. Um, Oh, I used to I used to know this. You think Russia is doing nothing but a disservice? Why? Well, because they are purposely continuing to increase the production of oil, which then decreases the cost, the value of it. The value of it, because there's now there's a glut of oil, and that just does nothing but bring down the, the like cost inflation of it. essentially. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and so that's what's happening, and they're doing it on purpose to get back at Saudi Arabia, and that's what we're seeing right now. I think this might happen for a few months actually. That they're going to keep on going back and forth. Love it because Russia likes pain I no because here's know. the thing when i do i have heard a couple people today say yeah this you know it's really not a good thing well here's the thing the average american is only going to see good the consumer it. will see That's positive it. of it however they will see no negative ramifications in my opinion but that also shows that there's not growth economically so what should be pushing commodity prices is a production of of scale not the other way around and that's what we're that's this throws everything off with the when it comes to economy and when it comes to how things are supposed to be measured it's being influenced incorrectly and that's just going to cause a detriment to i think society. it's fun i think it's fun i like it <laughs> i'm all for it <laughs> geopolitics at its best people <laughs> geopolitics at its best okay that was the war for oil yeah, so uh, let me go ahead and uh, switch over here. There we go. Get the table back up. Again, thank you, everybody, for watching. We appreciate you, especially uh, our comment section. Thanks to everybody. I uh, want to say what's up to Laura, who's watching, uh, Dave, Jeffrey. What up, Jeffrey? Uh, and, uh, and of course, Hector. Thanks to everybody hanging out in the comments. And we'd love to hear your perspective, your questions for the show. We are watching the comments live on all of our pages. So thank you so much. Uh, and please continue to send those in. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe for our audio podcasts on Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, and while you're at it, just drop us a little five-star rating if you don't mind. It's the Yard Sign coming to you every Monday, uh, just uh, around 7 o'clock, if you will. Uh, we've had a lot to talk about. Well, now we're going to go ahead and shift a little bit to our uh, local topic, which is housing affordability. Um, and, and of course, this is a very popular topic nationally, right? And the disparity between income and uh, and uh, and the rising uh, prices of homes, because we've had a strong economy, uh, still very much uh, a seller's market, I'd say more so than a buyer's market, mm-hmm. although still mortgage rate wise, it's been a buyer's market. So it kind of depends on what your angle is. Uh, but you know, locally now, uh, the county commission, in, in collusion with the school board, has decided to double the impact fee, um, uh, putting on about seventeen hundred dollars uh, on top of the price of every new home that's built going forward. Uh, this is following a half a percent sales tax that they were given last year via ballot, uh, and and to me, 
again, you're, you're feeding the drug addict, right? Because we have people that continue to make terrible choices in terms of financial management. We've got a new superintendent, but again, does he or does he not hold the purse strings? We don't know yet because that all comes down to the dynamic between the school board and the superintendent. Uh, you know, uh, I would say, uh, it, it, and, and we have a, a teacher here in the audience, um, you know, uh, the previous superintendent was certainly more of someone who went with the flow and did as he was told uh, rather than kind of trying to be a leader in that situation. Um Based on somebody who knows our new superintendent, this is actually very com a very common practice for him. And I think for him to have pulled this off so quickly into his tenure uh, here in Hillsborough County says that this guy might have a lot more influence uh, than uh, people are expecting. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I mean, are these guys just feeding at the trough and, and is there are they really that insatiable uh, or is this money that that needs to needs to come into the system uh, given the growth that we're experiencing as a county sorry that was a lot to process <sighs> so I, I think that uh, it needs to happen I mean it's, it's to go to the schools in South Hillsborough County and I live down that way and it's just it's growing it's growing and uh, and I get it there's old schools down there there's, yeah. you know, the schools down there are old, and and they need to be updated, uh, and you know. So, so that's just two different topics. I mean, that sales right. tax that we passed that was to update the schools. Right. Like, this is more for the funding of, of new schools. So, uh, a, a lot of people are, you know, on opposite sides with this. But uh, me, uh, you know, father, a, a young daughter, education. Her education is very important to me, and uh, I think it's something that needs to happen. But when we're talking about, again, the affordability of housing and people continue to complain that the price of housing outpaces wage growth, uh, are, are they not only exacerbating the problem here? I mean, you're adding $2,000 onto the price of every single new home that's built. Rent prices are going to go up. Home prices are going to go up. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. That may slow down the market some because it, it, it is wildfire out there. Uh, I mean, properties are staying are still on the market, I think, for less than a month yeah. uh, before they're snatched up. But at what point do you say, you know what, like, you, you know, you're, you're basically cutting yourself off, um, you know, and trying to find like the right metaphor for it. demand. Yeah, but but exactly, but you can't come out and 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 say that hey, we have a housing affordability problem, mm -hmm. and then at the same time go and then raise the taxes, right. raise the impact fees, and then wonder why we have a housing affordability problem. Right. So I think the yeah. biggest issue that that's occurring right now is that it's not two thousand, John. It's it's four thousand. It was doubled. Yeah. So originally it was four thousand for single family uh, residents. It's now eight thousand for single family residents. So that's a big jump into that. I understand the reasoning for increasing seen the impact fees and raising and raising taxes just because the last boom which was in the 90s really developed the north part of Hillsborough County and what not much of the south part of Hillsborough County was developed during the 90s the last five six ten years the south side the south and I would say east sides 
of Hillsborough County have really developed and they don't have the infrastructure when it comes to those schools that they need to be building and everything else. My question is, what have we not learned at all from the 90s to now that we're not building these schools to keep pace of development? So I think it's a huge issue right now that the council or the county commissioners do not want urban sprawl. And the way you get rid of urban, you get rid, you get rid of sprawl, uh, a rural sprawl is by increasing fees so that they think twice about building out in those in those communities. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's not just, yes, urban sprawl is absolutely a problem. And that's certainly where the problem lies. I mean, again, to Chris's point, my daughter lives in that part of the county. Uh, and, and again, the schools are very old. The infrastructure in general and just about every aspect. We're talking about the roads. We're talking about water. We're talking about like, you know, it's all outdated. Okay. And, and because the growth outpaced uh, the infrastructure. Um, but when you look through even older parts of Tampa, and I currently live in West Tampa, which is, again, one of the older neighborhoods, and you see houses being torn down, and then they'll put two houses where there previously was one house, and now uh, they're putting up a $400,000 house in, in the middle of a neighborhood where, honestly, people are probably making below the median wage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, you know, if people are paying it, then it's worth it. You know, it's just like a Picasso. Is it worth $10 million? Well, technically, it's worth $15 million if somebody's going to pay $15 million for it. But what so it's really just supply and demand. But it's not even that. You have it, it, the growth of Hillsborough County, of people coming into the, into the county that are not, nor, are, are more from California, from yeah. the Northeast. They're coming in with a yeah, larger, they're, moving in. they're, right. they're yep. coming with a much larger weight, uh, income base, sure. so which is starting to outpay, outprice a lot of natives and a lot of Southerners when it comes to the city of Tampa, yeah. where it's I becoming get much more difficult. But what I'm saying is it's it's inflating a market that's not that does not need to be at that number. Okay. But if I rented out my house tomorrow, mm-hmm. right, and I put it on the market for 2000 a month and somebody paid it, I don't ask any questions. I don't care if they're from California. No. I if agree. I can get 2000 now, if I put it on for 2000 Three weeks goes by, nobody's filling it up. I drop the price two hundred bucks. Somebody pays eighteen hundred a month. Boom. Okay, and, and that's why you get prices that's, in downtown. That's core, how it works. The core of downtown. The core of downtown. You're getting a studio for three thousand dollars. That yeah. these people are willing to make those yes. payments, but that's also inflating and causing a bigger problem when it comes yeah. to affordability yeah. of housing. And look, that's the thing. I'm all for supply and demand, right? But then when you look at situations where the people that can't afford to live. Uh, closest to the areas where they need to live because of where they work, you know, you're pushing those people further and further out into the outskirts. New York has this problem. Um, The people who basically make the city run, your garbage, uh, uh, people in the service industry, right? They can't afford to live in Manhattan. They have to live in New Jersey. They have to live in, you know, in in, in the outskirts. And they have an hour commute, a two-hour commute. Uh, you know, because they can't afford to live. And that's the problem yeah. we're having now. They just torn down, they just sold that huge housing complex in Ybor City, uh, of course, because, you know, right now people think that it's a gold rush out there because right. they think the stadium is coming. Yeah. And now you've got over 300 families that are displaced right. that are yeah. probably going to end up in the eastern and southern parts of the county because you can't go north. Wesley Chapel, New Tampa, uh, Pasco, uh, you know, right along the county line, Pinellas, it's all incredibly overpriced. You know, so where do those folks go? And then how are they able to keep those jobs when commuting and and, and getting to these jobs uh, and, and, again, uh, filling these jobs that need to be filled in, in you know, are, are enough of a challenge as it is? 
I think there's a term for that. Uh, was it, uh, gentrification? Yes, yeah. I love gentrification, by the way. I am pro gentrification. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it has it pros and cons, but sure. that, that's nothing new to Tampa. They, they've been doing that for years. Every yes. time they'll, they'll turn down a housing development, a lot of those housing vouchers go out to you know Riverview, South Hillsborough County. So that's been happening for years. Mm-hmm. True. But now with the prices going up, the, the extra the fees, it's going to be an issue with you know affordability. And Tallahassee right. just fully funded the affordability, <clears throat> the housing affordability uh, for I think it was like five hundred million dollars that they just funded to make sure that that tranche was available for um, affordable housing. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but see, and then what what bugs me is the hypocrisy behind the issue. Mm -hmm. Because you have Democrats and bureaucrats, uh, to really generalize it, that want to go ahead and they want to complain to Tallahassee and they want to complain to the federal government that we need more housing. We need more affordable housing and more money for affordable housing. Meanwhile, Buckhorn tore down how many affordable housing communities? Now, they were in horrible shape, and that's a whole other issue. But they literally, under Buckhorn's administration, they literally displaced, I would say, hundreds if not thousands of families out of the core of Tampa um, for basically a real estate gold rush, which is now all this property that's popping up along the river. And you see now all these new apartment complexes popping up. It looks really good. It looks great. But again, those people also need a place to go. Of course. And and that's the, the problem. But I don't think, you know how I am. I don't believe that this falls on the government. I believe it falls on the individual to make more money. Um, I, I don't even believe in Section 8 housing or housing vouchers or housing affordability. Whatever the market dictates a place costs, that's what I believe in. Yeah, I don't think the government should even uh, touch this. But the government is manipulating the situation to begin with by allowing the sales of these of these low income Which housing shouldn't exist to begin. With, but you're I understand where you're coming from. But this is the reality in the situation yeah. that we're at right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that it's gone these position. Now. No, there's still a few left in the city. No, I'm saying the one that we're talking about in Ybor. Well, Robles Park is still available, and that's uh, Buckhorn has been trying to get rid of that for a while. I don't know what Castro wants to do with that now. But I think the problem is is that you are purposely manipulating the system to increase value in those properties so that they those neighborhoods can be demolished and then a new shiny thing can be brought up that's the yes. government what's take, wrong with that but that's the government manipulating the system but you have these people that displace yes where they're gonna go and it's not it's, it's not as easy as you, you put it out there. yeah it's not i admit that so it's not people are gonna need some uh, sure assistance i, I think the city of tampa they have a program where it's more like a transitional where hey we're gonna get you here uh, we're gonna that get you sense. the skills and to get you out on your own. Some people are gonna leave, just need that that extra uh, help. Now, uh, I think there needs to be a plan in place where these families can't just keep receiving receiving government assistance. They're gonna have to uh, to have some type of vi- vigor, yes, to, to mm-hmm. get out of yes. that that cycle. I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you. You know, I and I would be okay with a plan. You know, to help them transition out of that but that right. should be the plan it shouldn't be hey you are a perfectly no, yeah. able-bodied human being you're not stupid get a job get a skill and get a job like everybody else you don't just get to sit in this government funded house that's not fair i agree but like i said it's, it's always not it's not, not as simple not, not, not i as, admit not it. As cut it cut and dry i, I, I agree with you. well there are people that are never going to make again if you are working <laughs> At the Kennedy, uh, I'm sorry, if you are working at the McDonald's on Kennedy Boulevard, right, given the the, the housing prices in that area, uh, the truth of the matter is, is that at least you at least have 
a 30 to 45 minute commute to live anywhere near that McDonald's. Um, and that's only getting worse. That's that's accounting yeah, for some of those communities that are nearby. Jobs like and that. so you're you, the problem is you're exacerbating the problem because the people that work there and work at, let's say at that Walmart across yeah. the street, okay, those folks are making a fixed wage, right? Sure, sure. And then on top of that, now you're adding costs to their commute because now they have to live further out. Now they have to live over in the Nodasasa. Then what happens if they all quit? What happens if they all quit? Then their wages would go up because supply and demand, right? But they're, but they're not, not going to quit. They're, they're yeah they're and, and doing it but also people working in those facilities should not be that should not be the end goal of them staying there and working in mcdonald's the goal should be to continue yep. to, to move up and move into better employment situations some can yes. and yeah. some do i'm not arguing we're that was not my here. first job we're my first job was mcdonald's we're not yeah but we're not here to to, to argue the 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 uh, the concept High of of mobility when it comes to when it comes to economic development, but I want to say that I I kind of agree with Johnny and I agree with you also, Joe, that the government should not be manipulating the system to be able to pick favorites because that's what's happening now. Because then, what if they regulate and say, hey, uh, people who rent out their houses, you can only increase your rent ten percent. Well, then what happens when they decide, oh, you know what, ten percent that's still too much. You can only raise it five percent. Are they doing a in, year? They a year? In California? Annual? Yeah, they do that in like, California. They do that in California. Okay. We want to use them as a model for anything. <laughs> well, that's the we're Republicans. You're, you're having, a go- <laughs> but we're not promoting that. We're saying that the government should not be interfering yeah. in either yes. side exactly. of the manipulation when it comes to affordable housing. Yeah. You doubling the impact fees is is uh, is a ridiculous amount of money that's being pulled, and that's going to be increasing the. Uh, it's going to be increasing the cost of living in the city. Can y'all explain what impact fees are? By the way, I don't know, and I'm sure a lot of people watching don't know. Impact fees or just fees at the that can be assessed or implemented by your local government. Okay. Uh, it's essentially a tax on builders yeah, and developers um, to to uh, to cover the cost of the infrastructure that has to come along with that development. But it's not so as that. you build a neighborhood, as you build an office complex, as you build all the roads, what, that have to be you know, paved. right, exactly. Expansion of sewer the roads, lines. sewer lines, okay. electric lines, that all that kind of stuff. It goes to pay for all that stuff. So oh, again, I, they're, they're double dipping, triple dipping. Wow, in a some tax cases that makes because, sense. I can't believe it. Well, but they're, it's but incredible. we already pay taxes for that stuff. And this is yeah. basically like another tax to, to, to pay for more of that stuff. And yeah. the, the, the developers, it's a sneaky the, way of yeah. not of, of of raising your taxes without raising the, your taxes. The developers are not the ones that are actually paying this. It's the consumers that are purchasing the houses that are going to yeah. be doing that. And again, I'm very surprised it, it passed unanimously. I'm very surprised. Six to zero with Stacey White uh, being the only one that abstained from the vote. I'm I'm very surprised with a lot of that they made such a, dis- a quick decision without doing the full research of what needed to happen. And it doubling something like that, again, affects a lot of new families, affects a lot of young people, affects a lot of individuals buying their first home. And you know, that's something double that happen. is twice as much. Okay. And, and we lost on that. <laughs> so, so here's my question. Let's get yeah. to, the, to, the, to the root cause. Why are we here? If we have so many people moving into Hillsborough County mm-hmm. that would, you know, would say increase yeah. tax and we're able to you know fund the basic necessities that sure. it needs as far as schools and roads i mean this say you know south hillsborough county for example this impact p is for to more schools out in that area but as, as jonathan was referring there, the infrastructure out there needs a huge overall i mean have you ever tried to get on <laughs> 75 in the morning from <laughs> 
yes. Apollo no, Beach. No, no, because I live in civilization. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but Chris, we're already paying for those things. Yeah. We pay property taxes. And so, then, again, there are already impact fees that were put into place for the infrastructure. So that's why I say the, the root cause. Why, why are we here? Why is this? Well, again, well, because it's, the, money, this, the, the money that was generated by the current impact fees amount. And again, I think 4000 is a lot, and but I don't think it should have been doubled. I think it, it should have been increased to keep up with inflation and, and do everything else. But I just I don't see the it's going to be interesting to see what happens because yes, we're going through a boom. Children, there are some schools, some parts of the of the county. Oh, we're the seventh largest school district in the in the country. We are such a large. We are the seventh largest seventh. in the country. Hillsborough is. Yes. But that's the thing. The last time this happened, you were having double sessions at Sickles and that's at Chamberlain and, a, and a, a Gaither. And it was causing such a big problem because of those parts. And now I think that's going to start happening maybe in the next year or two unless they get these high schools and middle schools back uh, online. But I think an assessment of the resources that we have now in the city when it comes to schools that are not at full capacity, districts that are not being uh, utilized correctly, and schools and that's that are coming my main, offline. There's that's my main that point. Offline. That's my main point is, is that there there's already a mismanagement the, the school district has a history, a very bad history of mismanagement of funds. Um, and, and and honestly, I'm surprised with the people that are on the school board, because we know some of them, and uh, also the people in these associations that signed off on this impact fee thing, that it went through. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. After the fact that they just basically gave him a slush fund mm-hmm. of millions of dollars last year with a half a cent, percent, uh, a half a cent tax. Well, I think I have the solution. Stop having kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no more kids. No more schools. Oh my God. And, then, and then you destroy the US economy if we're not, if we're not kidding, increasing the consumerism. Have, have your babies. Uh, all right. With uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> so, then, John, you want to wrap, wrap, this, wrap this up? Well, uh, yeah. So, uh, I, you know, uh, Anibal and I, uh, along with Parker, who hasn't been on the show in a while, but she'll come back soon, uh, we had the opportunity, the honor, uh, the thrilling opportunity to welcome uh, President Trump to his home state of Florida uh, this morning <laughs> yeah. uh, in Sanford, Orlando, uh, which uh, for those of you who have no clue where Sanford is, that would be just north of Orlando. Uh, and, uh, of course, he was originally coming to speak, ironically, to a health conference, uh, which got canceled. Uh, and so then his arrival got moved from Orlando International Airport, uh, thankfully, to Sanford <laughs> International Airport. Uh, and uh, No, but for real, that's a hor- Orlando's a horrible airport. Yeah. And uh, and so Anibal and I, we, we got the opportunity to, to hang out for a little bit there in the airport while we waited for Air Force One. Uh, caught us off guard, right? Oh, um, completely. And uh, and it was really cool to you know watch Air Force One just kind of swoop in, and uh, and 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 it just the presence, the the majesty that uh, that airplane has, uh, and then also to see all the logistics that come with it. I mean, you know, we're talking about you know when the news coverage does its thing. I mean, you typically see maybe a handful of people uh, if you count the Secret Service agents that are typically surrounding the president. But I would say there was probably what like fifty to hundred people that uh, all got off that plane. 
Oh, there was a yeah, there was five or six shuttles full of people that got off that plane. Yeah. And the and I agreed the logistics of how that worked, making sure that identification is we're multiple checkpoints before we even got to the facility. Mm-hmm. There are multiple police officers, um, and thank you for your service when it came to that. There are people on the roof, snipers. It was it's a whole to do. I'm guessing fighter jets too, right? When a, when the plane was flying in. No, I so no. I'm so, sure they're probably not they're far away. Somewhere, but, yeah. yeah. But Johnny and I were having a conversation about it, how will that plane that because it's a huge plane yeah. will land in in and it's more like an executive it wasn't it's not an international airport it's okay. more of an executive kind of airport it's it's pretty decent but as we're having that conversation it straight up lands right right in front of us we're like oh, wow. okay yeah. it can do it <laughs> it, <laughs> it can works do it. and well they I mean, paid enough for it, it I know, be able and to just do it. oh my god who paid so much money for that i mean i think they they hit the brakes pretty hard because it is a short <laughs> runway i mean well, Trump it's did get the cost down to like half yeah because you have to like, negotiate for everything you have to do that obama's gonna pay twice as much you nah, got it down to like half so just awesome. seeing the plane come like taxi in front of us is really cool yeah. a lot of other trump supporters are there watching and waiting for the president flags it's super patriotic people are crying in the background and it's it's it got been me. it kind of got a little <laughs> ridiculous yeah i know it got a little ridiculous but then the moment where the president is walking down the stairs and there's the motorcade in front of us and you're expecting him to go into the motorcade because they say it's it, he might come to you he might shake your hand it's totally up to him it's totally up to him yeah. it just if you're louder and you he'll do it if if you prompt him to and you see the 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 what is what is it called the limousine it's called like the beast right the beast, the yeah. beast yeah those doors are huge are huge oh, yeah. and i'm in the, the they're first about thing, six to nine oh, inches yeah. thick the I think. first thing the first thing i think of when i see it, i'm like if your finger is caught in there you're losing the <laughs> finger that thing, that thing is not uh, i'm pretty sure you're losing your whole hand at that point <laughs> And but, so it was interesting. And then he came down yeah. and walked to the crowd. He started shaking people's hands. And I got a high five for yeah. one of our other people that were there. Are you, you going to wash your hand? Oh, yeah. I okay. washed it in a heartbeat. Screw coronavirus. I'm never washing this hand again. <laughs> and so it was the cheesiest thing. And so Parker got uh, um, got called out. And it was it was a great event. Really yeah. happy. Like, we all became like like first, like, I like freshmen. Like we were just so excited to see the president. What what I thought was funny though is because Governor DeSantis was there to receive him as well, and we got to actually take a quick picture with the governor before uh, the president arrived. And and I don't know if you caught this in Ebel, but when people started, when we kind of went up to him and stuck out our hand to say hi, like you kind of almost yeah. didn't <laughs> want to do the handshake, you know, because again, the last thing obviously the the governor needs is to get sick from coronavirus, exactly. you know, while being the the de facto well, if he does we know whose fault it is <laughs> <laughs> but uh the governor was there too uh you know and he was gracious enough to take lots of pictures and hang out for a bit while we all waited for the president yeah. and i think we uh, were the first ones to realize that the governor was just chilling there on the sideline yeah. and i was like oh the governor let's go say hi <laughs> Heck yeah yeah and of course i have my sunglasses while i'm taking a picture with the governor i apologize it was very rude of me cheesy i know I'm sure he hates you now. Dollar. Oh, I know. I'm the biggest fan of guy. Wedding. Disgrace. Throwaway sunglasses. It, they were not throwaway sunglasses, Jonathan. Oh my god! If anything, we'll give the we'll give the governor the glasses next time because we're not allowed in that space again. Honestly, I'm gonna have to change my name. Uh, they won't let a uh, big Hispanic guy do that again. <laughs> they were not. No, they were like yeah, dollar not. dollar shades. That's what I just said. <laughs> no one's listening to you, Johnny. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, and and uh, the point being again, which we usually stress at this point in the show, is is that the way that this happens is uh, you know by getting involved. 
you know, these opportunities have come along because of the relationships we've made and the people that we've met along the time that we've been involved in the political process. Doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. Uh, it's it's an incredible way to be involved in the community and give back to the community. Uh, but also it opens up opportunities like this where, you know, I met, uh, you know, uh, then Governor uh, Mike Pence, uh, you know, back in 2010 at CPAC. Uh, now he's the vice president, you know, and I have pictures of that. And then you have, uh, of course, uh, you know, President Trump, who, you know, I got to see, you know, just before he announced his candidacy down in Sarasota. Mm -hmm. And now you meet him as the president. And through the relationships and the people that you meet that are involved in the process is how you get access to some of these things. And I mentioned that because some people ask, you know, it's like, oh, well, how do you get to meet the president at the airport when he arrives? And how do you get to go to some of these fundraisers and fancy dinners? And that's how. I mean, it's, I mean, Trump. Trust me. I mean, we we can't afford half of this stuff that uh, we go to, but for sure, you know. But we get invited to it because we're a part of the process, and we've given a lot of our time and effort and skill sets to helping candidates get in office. And uh, and and so we can't stress to you enough, especially as uh, we're in full blown campaign season, especially with the smaller local campaigns. Get involved. Uh, help them out, help them get into office, and uh, trust me, you'll you'll get more opportunities than you could have ever imagined. I think a lot of people forget that you have to get involved, you have to put in the time, and the more time you put in, the more benefits you really do feel from being invited to the dinners, being invited to the grand openings, being invited to the, the offices that are in the inaugurations. I remember getting invited to Jeb Bush's first inauguration when I was in high school, and that was because I put time in during his election process, and, and that was a great honor to be uh, in, to be brought into that kind of event and be able to see the swearing in ceremony and going to all the mm -hmm. big galas and everything else and how do you get on that 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 list is showing up and That's being right. a part of the campaigns and again no matter how much you donate to the to the campaigns the governor will still remember you for working in his office the the senators will still remember you volunteering a lot of people still remember that and i, I still remember the first time i met marco rubio and he was just chilling with a bunch of yrs in an event and that's how you get those connections that's how you get connected with that group of of, of politicians it's a lot of fun uh, and johnny knows this like every time we go to tallahassee and we go into the capitol building we know so many people in that building because we see the la's that they're they're our age and they're they're doing the same they're they're doing what we need them to do is, is to fight for the for the rights of young republicans and for the republican party all right uh thank you again chris chambers our special guest uh today uh we really appreciate you being on the show yeah, we hope you had a good time it wasn't yeah, that no, bad I, right I it is it wasn't that bad. You know, I mean, uh, I had to keep looking over my shoulder with the president back there. But no, th thank you for having me. Uh, and it, it was an honor. Maybe you'll bring me back. Absolutely. Maybe. Absolutely. I'd love to have you back. And but, then, uh, Joe Simon, any uh, closing uh, announcements? Uh, just uh, did you already announce the next TVYR meeting? No, go for it. Okay, so March 30th is our next meeting. It will be at the Barrymore Hotel, as usual. Our theme will be celebrating International Women's Day, and that starts at 6.30 p.m. Uh, we've actually got Anna Paulina Luna coming. Mm -hmm. uh, Congressional well. candidate. Yep. Uh, she's pretty popular right now. Uh, uh, very popular conservative activist. And then we have a few other people. Jody, she'll be on the panel. Uh, she's part of our TBYR family. And then uh, two other uh, prominent females as well who are all conservatives. So it'll be really interesting. We'll have cocktails and uh, <laughs> <laughs> some good conversation. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm in. 
yeah, we're pretty <laughs> excited for that. I think it's great for us to be able to to really showcase uh, the women in the conservative movement and what they do for us um, as a, a movement and how they keep us all stable and on time. <laughs> Speaking of on time, we're actually uh, way past uh, our time. Uh, Anibal, any yes. closing uh, announcements? to close out the show. So, if you haven't known, YRNF is in uh, two weeks, two weekends from now. If it doesn't get canceled by the coronavirus. Yes, if it doesn't get canceled by the coronavirus. We'll be in D.C. uh, doing tours, trainings uh, for the 2020 election. We're really excited for that. For those that do not know about that or or want to see if they want to come and be a part of the National um, Federation of Young Republicans in that event, it is um, this month, the 21st, starting on the 21st all the way through like the 23rd, 24th. Uh, We'll be visiting the White House, we'll be touring the Capitol, we'll be having meetings with congressional staff and with other leaders, and I think there's even a kickball tournament, which I will be watching from the bleachers. All right, and uh, well, if all goes well, then I'll be up there as well, and we might even be doing a special edition of the show from Washington, D.C. and the Young Republican National Federation. But as always, thank you so much for watching The Yard Sign live on Facebook and YouTube every Monday night, 7 o'clock. Please, again, subscribe, like, follow, share, comment, and overall, show us some love and the ratings, especially on our audio podcast, which you can now find on Google, Apple, Spotify. Uh, we appreciate you so much for watching listening to the show. On that note, I will leave you with our MAGA moment of the day, which was the same one as last week because I loved it so much and the inspiration behind uh, today's wallpaper. It's uh, President Trump speaking at CPAC about Mini Mike. On that note, good night, everybody. She was really mean to Mini Mike. I'll tell you, the way she treated her. He didn't know what hit him. He's going, oh, get me off of this stage. Get me off.